0: Should we do this thing? You guys... Are you done? Okay, you're done. All right, everybody. Let's call it back together. Shelly's done speaking with Lance and everybody around her, so we're going to go. Whose favorite meal is breakfast? Yes. Today it is your favorite meal, isn't it? My favorite meal is breakfast. There's just something about breakfast. Uh, I love lunch. I love dinner. I just love eating, right? Food. I love food. Uh, You know, breakfast to me is just, you get up in the morning, I just smell. Something about this smells awesome, doesn't it? Hopefully when you came in today, it smelled good. Oh, yeah. So better take your families out, dudes. Take your families out. Better share, right? How about this? Listen to this. Yeah? Yeah? don't want to get my face too close to be like Michael Scott with that, uh, you know, (laughs) on his George Foreman grill. Ooh. (laughs) Some of you guys got that, some of you didn't. Anyway, thank you for those of you who did. All right, so I'm cooking, the, this morning I'm cooking scramblers. We got some uh, onions and we got some peppers and now I just put some, uh, some bacon on there. I didn't have a chance though to, I have to do this. Yes, you're asking me, what is this? I'm asking, what is this? These are uh, onion goggles. So when you cut up your onion, you don't cry, all right? Yeah? Thank you, Harper. Boom. Where do you get these things? Where, where, where? Cook's Corner. All right. Another plug for Cook's Corner. If anyone is here from Cook's Corner, could you just put that on my little card? Just you know, a little bit of discount on my card that I have there. So we're regulars at, at Cook's Corner. All right. Uh, so I'm cooking, uh, again, I'm cooking scramblers this morning. Uh, and it's, I know how to do about three, four different meals in the kitchen. Okay. That's all I got. Um, I'm typically the cleanup guy, all right? Sherry does all the cooking, typically. Um, I do the cleaning, and I like it that way, because, I mean, holy cow, I gotta, <laughs> this, this is why, because I, I don't know what I'm doing up here. So, uh, no, I, I will love it that way, because Sherry is just a phenomenal cook, uh, baker, I just married way, way up in a lot of different areas, in e- okay, in every area, I married way, way up, so, and all you guys, you did too. So, again, I know how to do just a few different meals, one of which is scramblers, and so in the mornings when our kids were growing up, uh, I I would often make scramblers, and and I'd I'd make eggs and bacon and some stuff in there, and oftentimes I'd put, I'd try to slip something into the omelet that that they maybe didn't necessarily like, but they would search for, not something edible, it wasn't like a toy, like a Lego or something like that. (laughs) It was just, it was something that they could find. Hey, I found it, or I didn't, or sometimes I wouldn't put it in there at all, and so they would search for it, and we'd have some fun. I know how to make waffles, all right? I'm the waffle man in our house. Should I do the song? No, yeah. Okay, I got the, I don't know. I'm your waffle man. (laughs) Uh, uh. Oh, yeah, I just, so I'd be doing my second meal. Third thing is, well, I know how to do oatmeal. Okay, I need five things. I can do five things, because then I can do burgers, Festy Burgers, man, I'm telling you. Who wants to do this business? I just buy those bad boys, put my thumbprint in, put them on, done. Okay, I know, right? See, you guys know, don't you? Festy Burgers, all the way, already done for you. Then steak. So we know how to do. It. We know how to do the perfect steak. I'm sure no one else knows how to do the perfect steak, but okay, I know how to do the perfect steak. All right, if I can remember it. <clears throat> two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Two minutes. Two minutes on the grill, right? Eight minute steak, medium rare, boom, done. Yep, I, I know how to do Brent. Thank you. Is that how you do it? Yeah. All right, there you go. <laughs> yep. So I know how to do stuff, right? And then, and then I clean up. So uh, that's that's what I do. But so food and drink play a big part in our family as, as the app family, and just again married into Sherry's family, which are just foodies, and we eat and we drink, and we just love the time around the table where we get to connect. But I got to tell you, it's not necessarily about the food, although we love food, and, and it's got to be good food. Um, but man, it, it is more about, in fact, it's all about the relationship. It's about what happens at the table when we're around sharing a meal, be it breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I can do lunch. Here's a bologna sandwich, Done. Anyway, but it's, a, it's about this right here when we're together, and, and we have, you know, our family. When we get together with Sherry's family, our family, and then the Murphys and then the Womaldors, and, and then John Fink, her, her brother uh, and, and sister-in-law and dad is there. And so we're just, we're talking. You know, we spend all sorts of time talking and eating and talking and eating some more. And so it's about this. It's about connecting uh, with our hearts, not just our stomachs, but our hearts. And so we, uh, you know, we, we eat. We love love to eat, but it's about that relationship. And meals played a super big part in the ministry and life of Jesus. In fact, the culture, uh, the, the culture uh, of, of the Israelites' meals played just a huge part. In fact, if you take the whole of Scripture, we don't have time today to take the whole of Scripture, but let me just just point some things out from, from the beginning to the end. Beginning. Adam and Eve in the garden. Boom, they were put down in the garden, and they were able to eat of anything but that one tree, which we know that story. We're not going to tell that story today, but we know that story, right? So they get to eat whatever, man. They got put down in the garden, the most perfect garden, not just plants and stuff, but stuff they could eat. So food plays a big part at the very beginning. And then you, if you read throughout the, the Old Testament, you see the feasts that the Israelites were commanded to have. Not just, hey, we're sitting down for soda crackers and some water. It was like, feasts, man, take, put, a tenth of your, put a tenth of your resources aside for a feast. Okay, right, a tenth of your resources aside for one feast? Whoa. Big deal! Party! Let's celebrate! And it wasn't necessarily about the food; it was about honoring the Father and the relationship there. So there was these feasts that were commanded in, in the Old Testament, and then you think about a few weeks ago when we were at leadership launch, and um, you know Troy had talked about uh, Psalm uh, twenty-three: "I will prepare a table; uh, you, will prepare, you will prepare a table in the presence of my enemies." See, I can't cook and talk at the same time; it's very difficult for me. Um, Man, what imagery in the middle of chaos and confusion and being pursued uh, by just evil and and people who are out to get him. David pens this Psalm 23. In the table of my enemies, in the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table. and, And he gets to sit and be ministered to in the presence of my enemies. And then you talk about Jesus, all right? So you know, if you were to read in Luke, uh, Luke, the whole of Luke, actually, if you were to le- read there, you would be able to see, man, Jesus spent his time doing some serious eating and drinking. In fact, if I were to ask you why did Jesus come, you would say you'd have a number of answers, probably centered around Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came to provide a way for us to have a relationship with our Father through that relationship with Him. And so we'd be right in that. And yet at the same time, if I were to ask you how He came to do that, what would the answer be? We'd find that in Luke 7.34. It would be, He came eating and drinking. He came eating and drinking. What a, what a cool picture in Scripture. He came eating and drinking. So again, if you were to look in the, in the book of Luke, you know, Jesus is either going to... Uh, coming from or in the middle of a meal, or he's using uh, scripture to, uh, yeah, using scripture uh, or using those food stories to, to talk around uh, his, his point. And so you think about Luke 5, he's eating with tax collectors and sinners at the home of Levi. Luke 7, he's anointed in the hope of home of Simon the Pharisee during a meal in Luke 9 he feeds the 5000 Luke 10 he eats in the home of Mary and Martha and so on and so forth so again he's either going to in the middle of or going from or using it as an example Jesus was about the food and the drink but more importantly he was about the food and drink in the context of relationship not just the stomach the heart and so you read that just fascinating read if you have uh, well I'd really encourage you to uh, take some time this week and just read through the book of Luke around that so my apron victory is in the kitchen sherry and i had a chance uh, this past week uh, to go to london and so this is one of the the posters i believe it was a world war one poster and i'm not sure if it actually made it through world war ii as well but you know hey victory is, a, is in the kitchen rations and all that business but you know we could in our context say yes victory is in the kitchen because we could make meals and we you know introduce people to christ and so forth but we had a chance to go to london came in last night and, uh, um, man, we went for the purpose of going to a conference uh, there in Kensington in London, an area in London, uh, to Holy Trinity of Brompton. And this is, uh, uh, we went to a conference uh, around Alpha. And I know in the first service there's a number that had come up and said, hey, I've done Alpha, it's awesome. And so you'll hear about Alpha, and this message is not about Alpha, it's about groups uh, in general. But it was fascinating that, that this church uses this. Introduce people to him. They they surround they, they put people together around tables and they say, Hey, if you have got questions about Jesus, show up here. We're gonna eat together. You can ask whatever question that you want, and we're we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna explore those questions. No judgment, no nothing. We're gonna eat together and we're gonna connect. And they they just you this is uh, um, just you know one vehicle that, that is that has proven in the lives of millions to uh, connect them to Christian community and more importantly to the relationship uh, relationship to our father. and so uh, you know you'll again hear more about that but just the hospitality that we experienced there was tremendous. Um, you know London it's okay whatever but uh, but no it was really just the hospitality of, of, of the folks that we came in contact with we were loved we were connected met some you know, old friends you know, that we've known and known about, and then we've connected and made some new friends all around this, this table and such. So um, uh, so I'm, I want to just kind of set that up a little bit. And, and, but I really, I wanted to bring up a few people to talk around groups and their experience with groups, okay? Uh, so I'm going to call up, first of all, Jerry Zarnicki and Paula Kaufman. So if you would, give a warm welcome to the breakfast table, Jerry and Paula. Thanks, Elizabeth. <laughs> All right, so I want to start off with Paula. <laughs> I want to start off with Paula. So Paula... Man, she makes some. She hosts some mean, mean meals and parties. Man, just the hospitality and the Kaufman home is just tremendous. And we've had the blessing to be a part and around that table, as have many of you, uh, many times. And so I wanna you know, I'm cooking and I want to kind of make the leap into groups. And you are just tremendous, tremendous at this hospitality thing. So, tell us, why is that important? What that does, and how you got into that. (laughs) (laughs) no pressure no pressure (laughs) pressure. okay there's some um
1: i was telling the first service i i really come by it honestly my um um it's a heritage thing for me and probably many of you that are here um my grandfather came from the um uh, mediterranean area and how he got started in america was he opened a restaurant and then you know they sent back for relatives and so I'm, tech, you know, I'm a second-generation American. So we grew up in not only our church but our home um, around a lot of meals, big meals, chaotic meals, um, craziness. Um, and then in the in the family that I grew up in, my immediate family, um, we. Oh, I'm so nervous. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, Want some coffee? Want yeah, some orange juice? Like, oh, no more coffee. Yeah, can I me- <laughs> can I mess with you somehow? Yeah, yeah. You know, That's can I walk right, through the right. laundry room? Whatever. He <laughs> um, I'm Paula's brother.
2: Yeah, he totally
0: me <laughs> <laughs> from a different mother. But anyway, so
1: so um, my mom grew up, the family that my mom grew up in. She would tell stories to us like after church. They never knew how many people were going to come over for um, dinner. So I learned early on that, you know, just to be inclusive of people, I guess, was the thing that I learned. Um, The family that I grew up in, we had these, we'd roast lamb at the lake and have our relatives come up, and, you know, it was basically 200 people that would come, but, um, so for our, in our home, I guess what we've learned is it's a way to include people, um, to make a safe area for people to come and talk and just to set time aside. I think our as we all know, our culture is just so busy. Everybody's got a gazillion things to do, ourselves included. And really to take time aside to, whether it's prepare a meal, it doesn't have to be a big meal, but just to take the time aside to serve somebody. um, It seems natural for us, because I I just grew up around it, I guess. But um, I think the other thing is the thing that I, it has become, it wasn't always, but it has become was um, a form of communion for us, just to set time aside, to spend time with people, and then just to let it develop, whatever that is. And it's the cool thing about it, I think, is, you know, on one hand, you think you're serving somebody, but on the other hand, you're being served as well. And God always surprises us with that. It's always somebody to let you into into an area of their life that, they don't let many people into, or um, just encourage, you know, people end up encouraging us, Dave and I, and our family. Um, there's lots of different ways. I, I just, it's a huge part of who we are. Um, to address groups, almost 30 years ago when Dave was in training, we had the privilege of being in a group in where he was training, and There were all these people that came from different walks of life. We didn't know anybody else in the group. It was just Dave and I. And over that time period, um, it was an older couple, and they would have a pot of soup on the stove and some rolls. I mean, it was very simple and very sweet. But it was just not only nourished our souls, but the fruit that came out of that, of meeting with other people that we didn't know. You know, oftentimes we like our little knit groups, and we don't want to get out of them. And I just think it takes a step of faith as well to... To step out of that, yeah, yep. But anyway, it's been good for us, and I hope I get a chance to feed you guys.
0: <laughs> it's been good for Sherry and I too. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. So yeah, so Jerry,
3: I'm sh- okay. Paula mentioned um, more uh, food than just the edible food, and that is the emotional, psychological, um, spiritual food that we all need. So I'm gonna. Jump away from the, the, um, the food, food, into the very deep need for the other kind of food that we need uh, in order to be healthy, and wise, and so on. My story, I envy Paula's story because it, it was so full of love and consideration and and uh, and enjoyment. I was born into a family with an emotionally unhealthy mother who had no way to show me anything emotional, spiritual. It was, she was a good cook. So we had all the food, food we needed. But there was never a smile, a touch, a concern, um, a a kind of walking side by side. Um, And I didn't realize what I was missing until I got into college and started to study the basic needs of the human person. And the edible food is one tiny part of what we need. But as Pete will suggest, when we are eating, it's a nice place to fill other people's needs also. Attention, bonding, um, closeness, making people feel valued. I never got that. My little sister and I grew up in a very sterile household where our mother never looked at us and never touched us and never talked to us and there was no concern whatsoever. She went into Winnebago uh, when I was a little girl and stayed there for a good while. I had my dad, but he was a worker. So, I went on a starvation diet when it came to the, the psychological, um, um, emotional end of needs. I didn't know it. You don't know when you're starving. You don't know when you're hungering for a touch or interest or sitting on somebody's lap or being read to. You don't know that if you've never experienced it. So the pain, though the pain of starving in that way got to me. And uh, in my older teen years, I ran away from home and uh, got into all sorts of bad stuff. And then I decided, I think I'm gonna rise above this and go to college. So I entered college and there I started to study the effects of emotional starvation and, I saw myself on every page. I also found some healing because along the way, a dear friend introduced me to Jesus Christ. And so all of the pain and all of the uh, lack of, of emotional food, he filled all my needs. And then I got into the business of helping other people that were starving emotionally. and. That is where I am right now. Part of what we do here at church is run a a couple of support groups for people who need to be looked at and loved and listened to and cared about and enjoyed because that is the stuff of life. In some of my studies, I remember looking back at some of the-
0: That's singles and and deeper, right? Singles Singles and and deeper.
3: deeper. yeah. Yeah, deeper class is a small group uh, that we meet after, uh, after the first service here, it's right down the lane here. Our singles group is for anybody that has, that is single, not married, never married, and we put them together in small groups, and get them talking, especially about their own stories. And so we, the leaders, tell our stories a lot, because they are stories that were quite. Uh, Courageous and quite empty and quite painful, but that Jesus said, "I will restore to you what has been taken," and I took him at his word, and he has restored me from what I what was taken.
0: And, and part of that, then, uh, I would guess, is the story with Frank, just your relationship with Frank and restoring. Yes, he was
3: one of the blessings that came into my life later on. Mm -hmm. And I think he's starting to walk up here right now.
0: Good. Yeah, we should bring him up. He he, he should start right now, because it might take him a while.
3: (laughs) And Dave, Dave
0: too. Yeah, why don't you guys come up? Frank and
3: I do the deeper class together. Deeper meaning we don't bother with surfacey stuff. We want to get way down deep into emotions and feelings and attitudes and so on. So Frank's going to talk about another... Uh, Place that we have small groups going.
0: Frank, give me all right. You, you, you want to sit there today this time? Okay. Can I help you? Okay. He's flexible. I'm working Frank because you know he's eventually going to give it back to me. <laughs> okay. So Frank, you you, um, Sharon and I have had the pleasure to be at your house uh, for that Seder meal, and so I'd just like you to kind of talk around that and okay, thank that's you that's did last service.
4: That's okay. all small group that meets only once. Unfortunately, that's the negative part of it, but the positive part of it is that it is a small group, and, and because of the ritual and the interactions of the people, they get to know each other better. They get to know more about their church history, their faith, and their relationship with God because of how important the Passover meal is. You know, the purpose of the Passover meal is to recall what God did for the Jews and ultimate okay. ulti- <laughs> <That's for> life. <laughs> and ultimately for all of us, because we are descendants of the Jews. God entered history and took upon himself a g- group of people, you know, and made them his people. And he was their God. Their only need was to respond to that God. You read the Old Testament and you see. A lot of people read it and think, oh, that's a horrible God. He's always punishing them and that. But the purpose of the punishment wasn't to punish. It was to teach because they were only punished when they moved away from God. Their purpose was to, God said, I love you. You love me. And when they didn't respond in love, then God had to yank them back to realize who he is and what he's doing for them. Let's see, I'm getting off the track there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's good. So, so really, the Seder meal, you know, in terms of it's a small meal, it's, well, you guys have hosted how many of these things in your home over the years? We have
4: uh, four couples plus us. So it's always a group of ten, and we've done it for over 20 years, so we've hopefully uh, affect, affected uh, 100 and, uh, probably 120, 130 people over the years. And, you know, during the meal, you stop at least in our situation, we stop and talk at the time when we're gonna drink the wine or the the grape juice. And so that gives the people a chance to interact with each other and to learn more about, if they have questions about the ritual. If any people are Anglicans, Lutherans, Catholics, or some other denomination that has more of a liturgical um, rite. You know, they will immediately see how the Passover meal is part of their mass or whatever they call their worship service. Uh, so th- that's the, but that's about the essence of it. And we, it is good. around the meal, obviously. First of all, we do the Jewish stuff, you know, the bitter herbs and the salty water and things like that. But then we have a regular meal afterward, where again the people get a chance to interact and and uh, grow. Grow hopefully, together. The only negative is it's a one-shot deal, so so then they have to go out and either continue relationships with the people who were at the uh, at the Seder with them or start a new group because they see how a small group can influence their life and how they can develop a relationship.
0: Are there invites, like re-invites, like come back a second time typically? Yes,
4: but that only happens when uh, we've got some, somebody drops out at the last minute.
0: Okay, we've all been... I've had one time, but anyway, that's beside the point. Frank, and you're, this, this year, year. <laughs> that's our second year, right? All right, so <laughs> mo- move on. Let's, let's hear from Dave uh, about into marriage stuff. You, wanna, you want some stuff? Okay.
5: Thanks, Pete. Um, you know, small groups have been a crucial part of, of our life uh, here, in Roche- here in Green Bay as, as we moved from Rochester um, 20 years ago. We saw this small group model that Paula described, and um, we wanted to continue with that, especially when we came to community, which was a big place, and uh, it's hard to make connections with a big group like this. It's almost impossible, unless you break it down into workable pieces. Mm-hmm. So the small group was very attractive to us, and over the years, it's often been around the theme of marriage. It hasn't always been, but in recent years. it It has been. Um, The theme isn't the important thing, the connection with the other people is. And thinking back on it now, it's often been around food and a meal and sitting down around a table. Uh, We were talking about this earlier, trying to figure out what's so special about that. And I think there's something about serving others and being served makes people more vulnerable, more honest, more open. And that's a, a very special opportunity with people. Um, one thing i found, one thing we've found is that um, going into these groups with my agenda um, often backfires and, and things don't go well. But if we go in with kind of an open mind, an open heart, um, Holy Spirit honors that and um, creates something that we usually didn't expect, and um, I think of of times when um, Paula and I have uh, gone into a small group um, struggling, um, struggling with our marriage or struggling personally, and not expecting this to happen, but uh, the other people in the group build us up. And support us, and 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 love us um, in that place. It's um. It's a, it's a very sacred place, I think. If that's not too strong a word, um, and so small groups. I'm a big fan. Um, if you're not in one, do your best to get into one.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Dave. So, uh, you know. You talk about getting into groups, and we've got a lot of groups at the church that you can, uh, you can jump into, but sometimes you want to start a group, and we've had a number of people start a group. And so uh, Gary and Janet Schmidt, why don't you guys come up, and uh, I, I'd like you guys to talk around uh, starting a group. Thank you. And so give them, a, give them a, a huge round of applause. There you go. We'll put you together this service. Last service, I had separated them, so I'm putting them together this service. Uh, so, yeah, talk around your experience here about starting a group at Community.
2: We moved here from Manitowoc about a year ago, and we were in small groups there for about 20 years. One form or another, we just feel is, as you said, just a crucial part of our Christian faith um, to get together with other Christ followers. You know, the Bible says when two or more are gathered um in my name, I will be in their midst. And that is so powerful that that power is available to us when we meet as a small group. And it has been um, so life-changing for us. And the answered prayers over the years, um, I remember one time our daughter was in high school and she was going through a a health crisis. And the leader of our group stopped the study that we were doing. He said, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to stop and, and pray for your daughter right now. And just moments like that, um, you can't put into words how important uh, they have been for us. Um, so uh, I'll let you take over.
6: As Janet said, when we moved here, uh, it was about a year and a half ago, we moved all the way from Manitowoc uh, to be close to family, uh, closer to family. We moved into this church because our, our daughter, her husband, and children were coming here. But when we walked in, those were the only people that we knew. Uh, and it took us a while just to get to the point where we decided we, it was time to, to move in. Uh, met Pastor Pete uh, outside uh, after the church service and asked him about it. And we met the following, uh, following Friday. Uh, we talked about groups. At that point, uh, there weren't a lot of, open groups, so I asked them if we could start one. And it was a God thing. Uh, We asked six people uh, if they wanted to join a group, and everyone said yes. Uh, The first couple we met, we had met five, six years ago at Green Lake, Uh, and we we talked to them about small groups at this church because our, our our children were going here and we wanted to know what was available uh, little do we know uh, Janet would meet this lady at I connect and they were the first people we asked and they said yes uh, another couple came up and at that very moment we asked them and they said yes uh, we uh, met a lady at origins uh, and then uh, met her later on uh, here and asked her and her husband they said yes and We've now got 14 people uh, meeting at our house. Um,
2: it's been so easy to so you know that the Holy Spirit is in it.
6: Truly a God thing. Yeah. A truly a God thing.
0: And so you—you—I uh, mean, you just asked. You—you would—it started with just I, we want to connect with people. It's just—it started with a need, and then just ask, hey, does, do you want to do this with us? And it just all of a sudden now you've got this big group, and you're sitting around a table like this.
6: We are. It, you know, it was. Um, like Pete said, it was ju- it was just so easy. I'm I'm sort of an introvert, uh, I don't like big groups. And it was really took. Uh, so
0: this is working for you right now, right? It, this, this is whole great. Thing yeah, it's working for you. Okay. <laughs> but we do have food. This is oh, good. Yeah. Right. You're not getting any. I'm not offering <laughs> you. I don't know. Everybody that's because they them? turned
6: them down last time. <laughs> but we have. Uh, uh, I was reminded this last week of, uh, of a friend of ours who talked about small groups, and he, uh, at our chur- previous church, and he had the uh, the four uh, the four Fs. Uh, it was fun, fellowship, faith, and food, uh, and it really works.
0: Uh, yes. Thanks, you guys. Uh, so I'd like to call up uh, another couple. Uh, that uh, bookers, why don't you guys come up? You guys, where are you now? There you go. So Matt and Mel, uh, why don't you guys clap for them? Thank you. And so these guys are a part of a group that, that meets uh, on a regular basis, and um, I'll let them tell the story. But uh, they have been very much involved with groups.
7: Story to Janet and Gary. We moved here five years ago and came from a church that um, was really big into groups, and we grew a lot in a small group before. Um, so when we came to GBCC, it felt really big, and we wanted to get beyond the hi, how are you, the meet and greet that makes everybody feel uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so we wanted to join, a, we knew we wanted to join a small group. Um, And in doing that, we met, not only met people and felt connected, but these people um, truly invest in our family and they've prayed for us, encouraged us, and supported us in struggles, in um, our kids. And um, if we didn't have people to invest in us, we probably wouldn't be where we are today because we know, like we've said, life is busy and crazy. And if you don't have people to, Go to that you trust to be real with, then um, it's hard to, to make it and to grow the way that God wants you to.
0: So, Matt, let me throw you a curveball. Do, like, kind of a dude, what is he going to ask me? <laughs> okay, are uh, you going to come up here and make something? Um, so, can you talk from the perspective of being a dude? Okay, small groups, dude, do, do I have this? Am I going to be weeping in my small group? I mean, is there some sort of there's a fear factor I think for a lot of us men to get into a group where we're sitting around a table and you know we'd love for our wives to talk for us and and so um, you know what's comment on that if you could?
8: Yeah, um, well, before we get into small groups, I was I I definitely had no connections at the church that we belonged to at the time. I didn't really want to connect with anybody either, to be honest. so that was really hard for me. I didn't have any relationships with any men that were really authentic, and um, it was really hard for me to get into a small group. Um, you know, my priorities at the, this is about eight years ago, but um, I, I really wasn't the leader, spiritual leader of our family. Um, I had a lot of other priorities that were important to me that I thought, but then once I finally met some guys, and um, and then I realized they were just similar to me. Um, like to drink beers, like to hang out, like to watch football, and had the same kind of issues that I had and and that 's when the you know, small groups bit, did save me though they really did um that's why when we came here, it was so important for us to find a group because I just know how much they've impacted my life and um, just helped me as a man and at, to be a better husband and but yeah it was really it was tough at first, but then now these guys are like my best friends and um I'd highly encourage. It's tough in the beginning, but once you get into it, you never have it any other way.
0: How long have you known Matt and Justin?
8: Uh, so Justin and Matt, um, you know, since we got here, I mean, about four years now, but, you know, those ga- you know, those guys are just huge in my life. I mean, they help me when I'm struggling, you know, just with all the things you got to juggle, raising four boys, it's tough, but um, they help guide me when I'm struggling, and I help keep them on the right path too so we're kind of all in it together
0: yeah you guys are tight it's just fun to meet with you guys and and watch you guys just connect and you know give each other sucker punches and stuff it's just it's fun to watch watch that cool um all right so uh, i got another one i want to come up so brent come on up and brent uh there you go yeah give him. Let's put him next to Frank. Frank, be kind. Be kind to to him. Yes. So, Brent, if you could talk from your perspective on how a group has impacted you and your life. Yeah. um,
9: So when I started attending Green Bay Community um, on the regular about last October, I came from a really um, just dark and and, um, lonely and isolated place in my life. And um, just getting connected with people from Green Bay community, Pete through Origins class and um, some other younger people through um, Leadership Relaunch. I just got to start meeting a lot of great people and that led me to meet um, Joey and Brandon when we started a small group, just us three guys. And, um, you know, we're a lot alike and we have a lot of the same issues going on in our life and, and we come from the same past and um, it's just really awesome to be able to t- connect with a couple of guys that are on your level and um, totally spill your heart out and not be judged and be more encouraged by that, you know? And um, and I do a couple other ones too, like uh, the garage on Saturdays and, and um, you know, so I really encourage the younger people in here, um, both, both guys and gals to just really, not just stay in your age group and, and more so explore, um, you know, people that have experienced a little more life than you have and uh, to hear that knowledge and wisdom so you don't have to necessarily stumble and fall, maybe like they have beforehand, and, and you just get that in your life. Because um, that's really helped me just hearing the, the older wisdom, I guess, too, so,
0: yeah. So, and I want to bring up Brandon again. So I had surprised him in the first service. Just just you gotta come up. Come Get up on here, up. bro. <laughs> so he was so Brandon. So I just say, hey, sometimes God uses groups to to you know bring in new people, and it's kind of a surprise. So I surprised him, and he was very kind to me that that he didn't, you know, take me out back and give me a little you know, whatever. When I surprised him to come on up. So this one's not a surprise, but I do want you to speak. So from your perspective you're in the same group as brandon now you guys didn't know one another uh, before this did you you and brent i mean no so c- give your take on the group and what that group's done for you
10: okay so my group that me brent and joey are in right now kind of stemmed off of a group that i was in with another two guys and i really learned to be vulnerable and how powerful that is to just learn how to be honest with yourself and other guys and how strong that really makes you to uh, get emotional and vulnerable. And me and Brent met through uh, his friends that he met through Leadership Relaunch, and now all of us are friends. And when our small group ended, I asked Brent if he wanted to do one, and and then Joey got involved. And me and Brent's friendship has really grown a lot. And uh, we depend on each other, so it's pretty awesome.
0: Well, dude, you have been one that sought out community. You, you had to ask, hey, will you want to do this with me? Uh, yeah. You and I kind of started that way. Hey, can, yeah. can we you know, get together? You had kind of sought that out. And so sometimes you got to I mean, sometimes you yeah, got to gotta
10: gotta get out of your shell. Yeah. Because if you just sit on the bench the whole time, you can never play the game. And I don't think God wants that. Right.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thanks, dude. All right. Can we thank these guys for coming up? Appreciate that. So, hey, as these guys make their way off and the band comes up uh, and I shut down the operations here, so can I encourage you? You guys heard some great stories of, of people that would get into groups and that have, Frank, you're going to finish it up. You can take that back to your place if you'd like. You have, I got some more bacon. So, so he's going to, right, of course. Yeah. For, uh, Frank you need you need a fork oh, he's got one salt and pepper anyone okay so can i can I encourage you and and just you've heard some great stories of connection in the heart through the stomach and the food but the the, the important thing is the heart and you've heard the life change that's happened around a table around a group situation man, we've got a ton of groups for for those of you who are young or not so young and or single or married or all over the church. And if I could encourage you, if you'd like to join a group, to go to uh, the Connection Lounge. They can answer more questions. Go to the Information Center. They can answer questions. Show up here afterwards with me. Go to our website. Ton of different groups to, to join. But if you'd like to start a group, that's something that you might like to do, too. Uh, you can do that. Um, you, you heard it right here. These guys asked, hey, I need Connection. Can I start something? You can start something. I some come up afterwards at the first service. Hey, uh, did you get my email? Yep. Let's sit down and talk about that group and and start something. So you often have to step out of this big crew and ask a few people, "Can we do something?" Uh, as we as we close this part, uh, there was a meal that Jesus was eagerly, earnestly anticipating. Just really wanted to to engage with his disciples. And so they sat down and they had a meal together. And Jesus had talked about, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to suffer. And just, you know, as we share the bread and the wine, uh, let's talk about that and connect and kind of celebrate and talk around that. And we know that as the Last Supper. And yet we treat it oftentimes, don't we, as this corporate sort of ritual. We go and we take the bread and the cup and we sit down again. But it started as a meal where God through you know God said through his son Jesus, Hey, here's what I'm gonna do. And we can come to the table with celebration and joy and stories of life change with tears, with sadness. Come as you are uh, and come to remember what uh, Jesus has done for you and for me. And and so you know the guidelines we have in Scripture are that if you consider if you have a relationship with Christ, this table is for you. But we're asked again through Scripture, if you if you don't have that relationship, if you've not stepped into that yet, uh, to just just wait. Wait until you do. But but our chance around this table Uh, those of us who've entered into that relationship, man, celebration and joy and tears, he'll take us (laughs) no matter where we're at. So um, I'll pray for us, and then we can move into a a time of response. Thank you, Father, for your, uh, thank you for food. (laughs) Just thank you so much for the blessing and the gift that that is, And, and knowing that sometimes we do struggle with that. Thank you for meeting us in that struggle. And so, Father, thank you for the chance to celebrate what you have provided for us uh, through your son, Jesus. And so, Father, we come to you in celebration and joy and, and love and, and thankfulness. And also, Father, I know that some of us come to you this morning uh, with heavy hearts. And so I ask that you would meet us where we're at and minister to us as, as you will through your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we, just, we pray these things and, and we just would love to meet you now. Uh, pray this in your son's name. Amen.